a place of worship that God did not ordain because the only person we are to worship is God and God alone. And Satan builds strongholds within our mind. They are called groves. And those groves will, will bring in things that's not of God. So we want to see what can we do using preventive maintenance. So we'll understand that we really don't need to be contaminated as so many God's people have been contaminated. So we're going to start with the, in the book of Haggai, chapter number 2, begin reading at verse number 11. Verse number 11 and, and chapter number 2 in the book of Haggai says, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Ask now the priests concerning the law, saying, This is what they were saying up under the law. All right. Now it says, If one bear holy flesh in the skirt of his garment, with his skirt do touch bread or pottage or wine or oil or any meat, shall it be holy? And the priest answered and said, no. In other words, he's saying here, he said, now, because you are holy, if you touch anything, will it make that thing holy too? The response is no. But look at the next verse, in verse number 13. 13 says, Then said Haggai, If one that is unclean by a dead body touch any of these, shall it be unclean? And the priest answered and said, it shall be unclean. Now, we have to understand that uh, our holiness cannot change the outcome of anyone else. But, when we look at it, then that which is unclean can affect the outcome of, of someone else or that person that is bearing holiness. That's why it's a myth when we think that we can, as saints of God, we can go and we can set up camp or we can dwell with those that's living an unrighteous life. Because sooner or later, somebody is going to draw somebody. Amen? And so what happens is when we begin to take on the things of the world, then we too become unclean. Sometimes we think that, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm holy, I'm living a righteous life, and God's going to be with me. But if we hang around in that circle too long, then we're going to take on the same mindset or the same attributes of those people that's out there that's doing those things that's against the will of God. Amen? But watch what God says in verse number 14, because we're talking about contaminations of the saints. Now, verse 15, uh, 15, 14 says, Then answered Haggai and said, So is this people, and so is this nation before me, saith the Lord. And so is every work of their hands, and that which they offer, there is unclean. See, we think that we can put our hands to those things that are unclean and still be okay with God. God says, no, not so. He says, not, he said the nation is unclean as well as the people. So what are we to do as saints then? I mean, we're to witness. That's true. But God says this. We are uh, in the world, but not of the world. That's a big difference. Because, see, sometimes we can be in the world and of the world. <laughs> we can do what the world does. And, and right now you can hardly tell the difference uh, between a saint and someone else is not, that's not a saint. That's someone that's not living a life uh, that's holy or living that life uh, for, for the Lord. 
It's, it's a sad commentary because God says that we are peculiar people. There's something about the children of God that we should stand out no matter where we go. We are peculiar people. People should be able to look at us and say, oh, there's something different about that individual. Amen. Now, let's go to the book of Revelations, and we're going to travel a little bit. Go to the book of Revelations, chapter number 18. Chapter number 18. When we look at our world, we find that our world is really in bad shape, bad situation. I think Dr. Manley spoke um, um, last week, and he talked about the judgment that's coming upon America. Now, so many things are happening. This is why the saints of God has to come out of the world. We're in the world, but not of the world. Now, Revelations chapter number 18. Are we there? Now, verse number 1 says, And after these things I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened with his glory. Verse 2 says, And he cried mightily, with a strong voice saying, Babylon, the great is fallen, is fallen, and is become the habitation of devils and the, and the hold of every foul spirit and a cage of unclean and hateful birds. Well, it's not talking about the birds or the fowls that fly in the sky. Now, the, the word Babylon there represents that false religious system. And whenever we're talking about the false religious system, it says, according to the word, it's going to fall. Now, what we're seeing right now, the word of God says, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Now, sometimes we can look at our own nation and we have to wonder, uh, is God the Lord of our nation? Amen. Because there are so many things that, that's happening and there are so many things that are permitted are permissive in, in, in our nation and saints are accepting it, we have to wonder, is, is God truly the Lord of, of America? Well, right now, it seems like we've got some problems. Amen. We, we've got some problems, big time problems. But God is sending a message to the saints of God. It's, it's, it's so crucial. Here it talks about this false religious system. Now, look what it says. It has become the habitation of devils. In other words, it has become a dwelling place for devils. You can go and we say, well, you know, the church is where we come to and, and, and we're supposed to be healed and, and this is where, where we, we get our deliverance from. That's true. But we also, in the process of people coming in that has issues and has problems, we still have to speak the truth, right? We have to speak the truth in love. We have to tell the truth. Amen. Because if we continue to go along with everything that's outside of the will of God, then the world will be the same thing as it is in the church. The church will be the same thing as in the world. You won't be able to tell any difference. And because we have been set aside and we are to be a light upon the hill, then we do not need to be involved in that false religious system. And the reason why, it says it's a dwelling place for devils. And listen, I got a lot, enough enemies within me. I don't need no more help. I don't need no extras. Amen. I don't need no more devils. And I got enough issues going on in me. Not only does it say that it has become a dwelling place for devils, 
But then it says, and, and a hole for every foul spirit and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. Every foul spirit. You know, when we walk away from God, and we, before we walk away, we have our house swept and clean. The Bible says this house has been gone. You're talking about the temple. But if we don't replenish it with the things of God, when we walk away and we get caught up in the world and become contaminated the world, then what happens, we pick up some more demons. And the Bible says uh, that, that, that demon that, that, left, that left with us because it goes through dry places. Whenever, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. Whenever we leave God, we become dry. And we walk in dry places. And so because we walk in dry places and the enemy needs some place to dwell or those demons need some place to dwell, what happens, it comes in and it says, well, I can't go to that house because they got God living on the inside. So what I'm going to do is I'm going back to the house that I left from. And he goes, he picks up some cousins. He got some, all those things that we used to do and then we'll, we'll add some more things to it. You know, well, we might use to just their lies, okay? Well, we might pick up, pick up some cousins to, 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 to lies. You know, we might pick up fornication. We might we may pick up uh, 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 addictions, any type of addictions, or we may pick up just just hey, I'm gonna sit at home. I mean, I don't have to go there. I can watch I can watch the TV and and get God. Well, there's a part of the Word of God tells us not to forsake the fellowship, as so many already has. Uh, so many people now have, uh, have walked away uh, from the fellowship, from the body, and they're sitting at home. And, and their excuse is, well, those people over there are not right. Well, excuse me. The problem is, if those people that's within the body of Christ or within the church not right, then come in and help make it right. <laughs> Amen. Come in and, and, and make some changes. Amen. So we got all kinds of excuses. But the Bible says you get all those those foul spirits. And see, when that demon come back, it's got all kind of things that you never thought you would do. Things you would never lost. I mean, the whole nine yards. Anything outside the will of God. Hatred. Unforgiveness. All these things begin to uh, uh, hook up with that demon that one, you may have left with one demon, but it'll come back with eight more. And then the Bible says, it will come in and say, I'm going back to my house. Now, they call in your house, it's house. And they will come back in and they will dwell there. And then the Bible says, I mean, you got seven times worse. Eight. You got, you got seven more plus the one that you had. That means eight. And the word eight means a new beginning. So you got a whole new beginning of chaos. So it's so important that when we as saints of God do not become contaminated with those things of the world. Now, here's what the Word of God says. Um, in verse number 3 in Revelation chapter number 18. Verse 3 says, For all nations have drunk of the wine, meaning they have become intoxicated, of the wrath of her, of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. Now, when they're talking about the word fornication, they're not talking about a sexual overtone. They're talking about spiritual adultery. So we, we can commit adultery on God. When we place idols, 
anything before God, that means we are, com we are committing spiritual adultery. And when we commit spiritual adultery, we will find ourselves moving farther and farther and farther away from God. But look at what's happening here. How do, how do the saints get there? As the Bible says, the merchants of the earth, they are waxed rich through the abundance of their delicacies. All those things of the world that we think that we have to have. We think that you know, I can't live without it. Well, if it's going to separate us from God, then we need to live without it, right? Can I get an amen on that? Anything that separates us from the love of God and how we feel in our relationship with God, then we need to move away from that because it can, come, it can contaminate us. But look what the Bible says here uh, in verse number 4. It says, And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her. Talking about that false religious system that lets us know and tells us that anything goes. That we can live any kind of way and still have a residence with God after we leave from here. Well, look what God is saying to us. God is saying, I heard another voice. John is speaking because God is speaking to John. He's on the Isle of Patmos. He says, and I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her. Then he says, what? My people. So God is letting me know and God is letting us know that his people are, has uh, um, found themselves enjoined or connected with that false religious system. So, but God's, God is saying, come out of her. Come out of that religious system. It's not about religion. We're spirit beings. See, that's the problem. You know, we, we, you know religions, this is what religions say. Religion will say, I'll tell you what, if she says something to me one more time, and, and, and make me upset, make me mad. I'm just going to lay down and I'm going to lay down my religion. And I'm going to cuss her out. And I'm going to tell her how I feel. Well, yeah, that is religion. Because we're spiritual beings and if we're walking with God, there's no way you can say, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take off my religion. I'm going to take off my salvation. I'm going to lay it down. And I'm going to whoop her, you know what. And then when you're done, you, you're going to pick Jesus back up again. Now, what's wrong with that picture? Thank you, Jay, because Jay's over there laughing. I appreciate that. Amen. Because she knows that that's what people are these days. Amen. She knows that's what people are. Because, see, we, we as saints of God, we will say that, right? I've said it before. Y'all have said it before. Come, we, we're real in this house. Amen. We're real. We're real. See, the only thing that can help us is the truth. See, when we are being honest and being truthful, that's when we can get our deliverance. But if we're not truthful and we're not honest, we won't get any deliverance. But religion will say to us, oh, you can lay it down and you can pick it up whenever you... No, no. We are spiritual beings. Spiritual beings. And because we are spiritual beings, spiritual beings don't do that. But God is saying we are to come out from that false religious system and begin to operate and live as, as the chosen people that God has called us to be. He said we are a light on the hill. So if we are in a light and we're sitting on the hill, that means somebody that's in darkness can be drawn to that light and they can, they can find some deliverance. Amen? Then he says, come out from her. He says, my people. And then he says, 
that ye be not partakers of her sins that ye perceive or receive not of her plagues. There's going to come a time, and it is coming, and it's so very close that the, the plagues of God is really going to hit this place. Amen? It's, it's going to literally consume this place. But God is giving his people a warning to come out from among them. Because we get so caught up in the things of the world, we forget about God. We, we, well, on Sunday morning, we'll get up and say, well, we'll go to the flea market and we're going to see what we're going to buy or uh, we'll lay in the bed or we'll go cut grass. We'll do anything except come to the house of God or come and join in fellowship uh, to, to spend some time with the people of God. But we have everything, washing cars, the whole nine yards. We've got it all going on. And some of these considered the people of God. But God says, no, you've got to come away from all that because... God is about to reign upon this earth, and we're going to see something else besides the hell we've been seeing. When I said the hell, I'm talking about those little round white balls that look like golf balls, and that's dented up people's calls a whole lot of them at one time. That's just the beginning of sorrow. That's just the beginning. Just the beginning. Now, he says this, For her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquity. Sometimes we, and I include me because I like to say we, sometimes we were our sins, our iniquities. God, God hadn't forgotten it. You know, when we first got saved, God said, you know, he'll forgive us. He'll take that sin and he'll throw it in the sea and can't keep going fishing to get it back. But we cannot continually, habitually sin and think God does not remember. God remembers. God remembers. And look what verse number 6 says. He says, reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. All the cup which she had filled, uh, filled to her double. Now, verse 7 says, how much she has glorified herself. Go back to the selfish. I love to say about the selfish and the cell phone. It's all about self. It's about the selfies. Them, yeah, we take so many pictures of ourselves, and they call it selfie. Well, you know, that's a, good, that's a thing that, that lets us know where mankind is. Because it says, um, how much she has glorified herself and lived deliciously, so much torment and sorrow give her. But she said in her heart, watch this, I sit a queen, and I am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Let me tell you something. We're in a place and we're at a time right now that people think, well, I'm the queen of the hill. Nothing's going to happen to me. I'm going to keep on doing what I'm doing, right? We're, we're at that point. We are at that point where people literally feel that they are, no, it says, well, I am no widow. In other words, I'm not without a husband. And it's not talking about a physical husband. It's talking about Jesus Christ. That's what he's talking about, not having that relationship with God. They're saying, oh, well, I still got a relationship with God. How, how is that possible when we live like the world and there's no difference between us and those that are operating in the world? Now, let's go to the book of Jeremiah. We're going to walk again. Jeremiah chapter number 15. Because here's a warning. There's a warning. We keep talking about the warning that God is sending to his people because we have to come out of that false religious system. 
that, that's teaching us uh, to do any and everything and call it okay. Because now right, right is now considered to be wrong and wrong is considered to be right. Now what's up with that picture? <laughs> Something wrong with that picture. You know, it's either, I, I, I'm, I'm like this, it's either black or is it white. There's no gray area when it comes down to God. God does not compromise. God does not compromise. Now, Jeremiah chapter number 51, here comes a warning again to the saints of God because we want to make sure we do preventive maintenance because preventive maintenance can keep us from being contaminated from the world, things of the world. Now, verse number 6 says, Flee out of the midst of Babylon. Talking about that religious system. Tell them to go. Jeremiah 51. Then it says, And deliver every man his soul. See, our deliverance does not depend on me. It does not depend on your neighbor. Your, our deliverance depends on ourselves. So it says here in the Word of God, For every man to deliver his own soul. So the Bible tells us to work out our own soul salvation with trembling and fear. See, it's up to every individual to work out their soul salvation. Amen? It's up to every individual. Then the Bible says, For this is a time of the Lord's vengeance. He will render unto her a recompense. means he will render to her a reward. And verse 7 says, Babylon hath been a golden cup in the Lord's hand, and made of the earth, made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunken her wine. Therefore, the nations are mad. In other words, they're gone crazy. They, they, they've been distorted. If you look around and you see our nation today, and we watch out what's going on, what's happening in our world, and and the world that's away from here, everybody's gone crazy. You know, for me, and I, I thought about this this morning when I saw it again. When you can find a president or of a country that will drop nerve gas on his own people and because someone else takes out their weaponry, the, the nerve gas where they've been shooting from, because they take that out, then that person turns around and says, I'm going to show you. Then they pick up more missiles and then they begin to bomb the same people. So that's like, okay, I can't gas them, but I'm going to bomb them. How crazy can you be? Here the Word of God says they go mad. The nations have has gone mad. If that's not mad, I don't know what is. He has literally lost his mind. Amen? Then he says here, he says, they're going mad. The nations are mad. They've been distorted. Then he says, verse 8, Babylon, that false religious system, is suddenly fallen and destroyed. How for her, take bombs for her pain, if so be, she may be healed. Verse 9 says, we would have healed Babylon, but she is not healed. He says, forsake her and let us go, everyone, into his own country. It sounds like God is calling for a country to come back home instead of being everywhere. Amen. That's what it sounds like to the Word of God. But let me show us where we are or where we think we are on what, what age we're in now. There's a church age that we're in. Now let's go back to Revelations uh, chapter number 3. I believe that's where we want to go. Revelations chapter number 3. We're talking about this church age that we are in. The church age. Revelations chapter number 3. 
Because we're warning, there's a warning to God's people. It's a warning to God's people, to the saints of God, to not to be contaminated. You have to use some preventive measures. Okay? Now this is what the Word of God says here in Revelation chapter number 3. Are we there? Revelation chapter number 3. Revelation chapter number 3. This is the last church of the church age. And this is where the church is today. This is where the, the, the physical sense of what they call uh, uh, the church is. This is where they are today. Now, Revelation chapter number 3, beginning reading verse number 14. Now, let me, let me back up to verse 13. Verse 13 says, He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith who unto the churches. See, the Spirit is talking to the churches. Now, what, is, what does the Spirit say? What is the Spirit saying? When we, look at, when we look at everything that's going on around the world and the total chaos, what is God saying to the saints of God? This is where the church age is today. Verse 14 says, And unto the angel of the church of Laodicea write, these things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Now, the word um, uh, Laodicea there means, it means being half-hearted. Being half-hearted. Church today is half-hearted. You know, um, the attitude toward God is, is, is not one that is the sincere. We're half-hearted. I mean, the, our relationship toward God, a relationship toward one another, is half-hearted. It's not a, a total end to this thing. The Bible says this. He said, these things saith the amen, talking about God, the faithful and the true witness. Verse 15 says, this is what God says to, to John in regards to the church age. This is the last church. He says, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would that thou were cold or hot. In other words, they're neither hot nor cold. In other words, they're lukewarm. The church now is, is lukewarm. Well, what do you mean the church is lukewarm? I, I'm on, we run around here and we say, I'm on fire for God. Well, let's see what God says in his word about that church that has, is half-hearted. That does that's not give their all and all to God. Now, verse number 16 in the book of Revelations uh, chapter number 3 says this and so then because this is God speaking because thou art lukewarm and you're neither hot nor cold he says I will spew thee out of thy mouth wow well we're lukewarm lukewarm means we're neutral we don't take no stance on nothing Okay, you'll say, well, well, what do you think about this? And we know it's against the Word of God. We as Christians, we are the most closed-mouthed people I've ever seen in my life. Is that hard? Yeah, God, God said it. God is here. I mean, we're lukewarm. Does anybody like to drink lukewarm coffee? And when you want coffee, you want it hot, right? <laughs> and you know how lukewarm coffee tastes. So when we're not on fire for God, then we are lukewarm in his mouth and he will spew us out. Now, this is why he says this. Now, before we go to verse number 17, let's look at, keep your place 
in Revelation chapter number 3. And let's go to Psalms 81. Psalms 81. Let's go to Psalms 81 because we're talking about contamination. But let's look at Psalms 81. Psalms 81. Psalms 81. Psalms 81 is where we want to go. Psalms 81. Because there's some things that God wants us to know. Okay? Psalms 81. Because then we're going to go back to Revelation chapter number 3. Now, Psalms 81, um, verse number 11 says this. It says, but my people, he's saying it again, my people, these are God's people. He said, but my people would not do what? Hearken to my voice. How many times God has spoken to us and we've turned a deaf ear? Amen. We've turned, we're all guilty. We're all guilty. He says, my people, you know, would not hearken to my voice, and Israel would not of me. And verse 12 says this, So I gave them up unto their own heart's lust, and they walked in their own what? Counsel. When we don't listen to God, God says that he will give us up because we are following the lust of our own heart, and then we begin to walk in our own counsel. The Bible says, in the multitude of counsel dwells safety. But ha has, have you ever been in a situation, your own personal self, or around others, when you want to give them good, sound counsel, and, and, and they, they don't want no counsel? Oh, I already know. Uh, you don't have to tell me what to do. I know. But that goes against what God says. God says, in the multitude of counsel dwells safety. In the multitude of counsel dwells safety. So if we're going to listen to our own voice, that means we only got one counsel, right? And if we just got one counsel and we're listening to self, oh, self is a dangerous thing. <laughs> self is very, anybody self is dangerous, you know, self dangerous, right? Because self will talk you in doing some stuff that you know ain't right. Self is, that's their own counsel. When we find ourselves at those places or doing those things contrary to will of God, we got to look at whose voice we're listening to. We're listening to self. We're taking the counsel of self. So what does God say? God said, I'll, I'll let you go. I'll let you follow after your own heart's lust. And, and, and that's, God is, when God speaks, God is strong. He means what he say. Amen. Now, back in Revelation chapter number 3, let's look at this church age. This, this, this is where we are today. Now, this brings it home. This is where we are. Verse number 17 says, because we're lukewarm. The church is lukewarm. They're lukewarm. Anything goes. Anything goes. If it feels good to the flesh, you just do it. That, that's how it goes. Now, verse 17 says, because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods, and have need of what? Need of nothing. See, this is what, what, what the church age is saying, this last church age. They, they're saying they're rich, and they have been increased with goods, and they have need of nothing. And, and this is what God says. And knoweth not that thou art wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. See, right now in, 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 in today's world, I mean, people... It's right there at the fingertips. And whatever you want. People have the goods of this world. They're increasing the goods of this world. If you don't personally have it yourself, you can go somewhere else and somebody else can supply it for you. 
And so, therefore, whenever we think we got it all going on, we, then that's when we think we don't need God. We think we, 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 we got it all going on. But God said, no, you have to look at your condition. This is what God says this last church age will be like. They think like they don't need God. Hey, I've got a, I got a nice house. I got two or three cars in, in, in the garage. You know, I, mean, I got a wonderful family. You know, some of them going stray, and some of them still in, 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 in college, and they're doing magnificent, doing great. But what they fail to realize is, we don't have God. We don't have anything. If we do not have God, the Word of God says life is not in the abundance of things. See, that's the problem. We think life is having a whole lot of stuff. Oh, a whole lot of stuff means a whole lot of debt. I've been there too. <laughs> uh, yeah, a whole lot of debt. But life does not consist in the abundance of things. That is what the Word of God says. So you can not have, as long as you got God, you got the riches of you got the riches of the world. Because so many people that has a lot of things, they don't have God and they are miserable. God says here in his word, this last church age, the church of Laodicea, he says this. He said, now you got to understand, you're wretched, you're miserable, you're poor, you're blind. That means you cannot see, you're naked, you're uncovered. Then verse 18 says, but God tells them to do this. He says, but I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. Then he says, anoint thine eyes with eyes that thou mayest see. God said, this world today, they're blind. They are blind. This world today, they're blind. So we have to understand God is calling uh, in this church age for God's people to come out of the world and be not contaminated. And look, use preventive measures. It's just like going to the doctor. Now, they get all type of preventive measures, right? They give you free screening for different things. You can get a, a, a free mammogram to make sure you don't end up with breast cancer. Or there are other free uh, things that you can have that's preventive measure to keep from getting those things. Or if it's there, they can uh, that eradicate it right then. But God is saying now, in this church age, we need some eyesights. We need some things that will open our eyes and really see what's going on. We have to really see what's going on because he says, he says you're blind. He says, you need some eyes. You need your eyes, your vision. You need to be anointed by God. So many people do not have a vision for their life. Every day is whatever. But you got to have a vision. You got to know where God is taking you to, what God's will is, what God's purpose is for your life, and then follow that. Now, is it going to be easy? No, because Satan is going to always be there to keep us from fulfilling the purpose and plan and will that God has for all of our lives. But here, we got to make sure we do preventive measures. We do not want to be contaminated. God says, Sooner or later, he's going to release some plagues. Things are going to begin to happen upon this earth. And when it does, we as a saints of God, we don't want to get caught in it. See, and, and, and see, the thing is, things can be happening everywhere. And because you're a child of God, it could be raining in one place or destruction in one place. Because you're under the umbrella of God, it will not touch you. It will not touch you. Amen. 
So then he says here in verse 19, he says, As many as I love, here's the beauty of God, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. In other words, God said, I will correct you. I will give you a whooping. And why? It's because I love you. That's the love of God. See, it's like parents, when we equip our children, it's not because we don't love them. It's we bringing correction, right? I hope that's what it is when it comes down to parents. Amen. I hope that's what it is. But we, we bring in correction. Then the Bible says, Be zealous therefore, and then he calls for the church age or the saints of God to repent. Turn away. We have to repent. Alright? Now, let's go to Proverbs chapter number 30. I'll show you something interesting. Proverbs chapter number 30. And we're almost done. Because we're talking about the contamination. Contamination of the saints. We've got to use some preventive measures so that we will not receive the wrath that God is going to release upon this nation and upon this world. We want to be in that land they call Goshen. We want to make sure that it doesn't touch us. Proverbs chapter number 30. And yet, think about this, and as we read this, see does it really fits in this world. And I'm sure it does once we read it. Now, verse number 11 in the book of Proverbs says, There is a generation that, does what? Curse their father. What you say? Amen. Now, you can understand, now Solomon wrote the book of Proverbs, right? So you know how many, many uh, thousands of years ago this was written? And where we are now in today's time frame, it says, there's a generation that curses their father and doeth not bless their mother. I think we're living in that generation now. They will curse the parents. There's so much disrespect for the parents. Well, my, my mama and my daddy do this. They, well, well, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. The Bible still said honor them. He said honor your father and your mother. And the reason why you got to honor because it says, so your days will be longer upon this land. See, we can cut ourselves off by dishonoring uh, the parents within our life. See, that's what the Word of God says. We can't get around that Word. And because he's talking about this, that's a generation that does that. I mean, young kids will curse you out in a heartbeat. I mean, they're a young age too. Ten years old. Eleven years old, God. Twelve years old. They will literally curse you out. And most times when you begin to, to speak to their parents about it, their parents, you know, they, they don't care. But, but that's all that they know. But the Bible has already declared this. See, this is what we need to show our children, what the Word of God says. Then it says, verse 13, it says, There's a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes, and their lids are lifted up. In other words, there is a generation that is prideful. I think we're in that generation today. They're very prideful. You know, pr you can't tell them anything. Well, mama, you, you, you just old-fashioned. You just don't know. This, 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 this is a new day. This is what they're doing. Well, you keep on doing a new day, and you're going to find yourself right on down there with, with, with those new dares down there in hell. Can I say it? Amen. Because they're at that point. Yeah, very prideful. I mean, no, I, I, I know. You don't tell me. But baby, here's the rude awakening. Mama and daddy has been there, has done it, 
And some of them still doing it. So that there's nothing that the young generations can tell us that we hadn't already done. Well, I, I, let me tell you about me. I played hooky from school. In fact, all of my sisters and brothers did. We got some gen in this generation now that play hooky from school. Our whole family did. Mom and daddy left with the work. All the children, my brothers and sisters, we had seven at that time. We supposed to go up to the end of the road, catch the bus. You know what happened? When mom and daddy drove, went on to work, all seven of us come right back down the road, and we did not go to school. Amen. See, we, we don't, and sometimes as parents, we don't tell stuff like that. Amen. We played hooky before. We've done, we've been, we've done the wrong thing before. We've been at the wrong places before. So the young people can't, they don't have anything on us. We've been down that road that messed it up. I wish we had gone back and changed some things. That's why we as parents, we try to tell our children, hey, you don't want to go down that road. I've been down that road before. And they're like, okay, what plan did you get off of? This is a new world. This is a new thing. This is what's going on now. Well, we, we, we have suffered we have suffered behind some decisions that we made, and therefore we're trying to help you. Amen? Now he says they're very prideful, very prideful. And then verse 14 says, And there is a generation whose teeth are as swords. In other words, they will stick a sword into you. And their jaw teeth as knives, they will cut you in a heartbeat to devour the poor from off the earth and the needy from among men. And then look at verse number 15. See, the, the, and, and, verse, and verse 14, see, right now they will stab you in the back. You know, you, that means the, 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 the pain, the pain that, that children can bring, you know, and they can pierce you in your heart. See, that we're in that generation. And then it says, then verse 15, it says, uh, 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 the horse leash have two daughters crying. And here we're here today too. Uh, the horse leash have two daughters crying, give, give. There are three things that are never satisfied. Yea, four things say that say not. It is enough. Now let me say something before we move to verse 16 to identify those things that are never satisfied. I was out giving out flyers yesterday uh, in regards to the event that the church is going to have on Easter Saturday here in Borden Springs. And so I went to one store and I was explaining to the lady what I wanted because I need to talk with the manager. So when I told her about we're going to be giving away uh, food items, first thing she asked me, she said, y'all going to have some canned goods. Now if you're going to get some free, you need to be thankful for what you're going to get. I would think so. If I didn't have, I would really appreciate when something, well, someone gave me something that was free. But then she wanted to know what was going to be in the bag. And she said to me, oh, oh yeah, I, I need to be there. And I said to myself, goes back to the scripture. It, it, that, those generations, that horse leaf, it's got two daughters. It's always about give me, give me, give me, give me. But what we're going to do for the Lord? It's always about giving. And it's just like what it says in, in verse 16. When things are not satisfied, the first thing that is identified is the grave. The grave is never satisfied because death is always looking for a body. Death is always looking for somebody to take out. 
There's so many people that are dying unnecessary. I mean, they need to take these cell phones and, 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 and just throw them away or put folk in jail whenever they have an accident and they own that cell phone or they're texting and they cause an accident. Because so many people are dying needlessly because people are texting, not paying attention, and, 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 and not even caring. And then when somebody's life is literally destroyed, they wonder, well, what in the what world going on? Why did I do that? Sometimes we can create things that can bring on more problems and then they are good. It's wonderful to be able to connect the way it does all over the world. But there are some bad points to it too. And we can take it to the bad point. Can we not? We can take it to the extreme sometimes. It's just like the man that, that uh, a driver called in to the, to the police department, 911, said this guy is driving erratic uh, uh, all over the road. I mean, he just all over the road. Somebody needs to stop him. Well, by the time he was stopped, he had killed 13 people by, by heading, running head on into a vehicle with elderly people on it that just came back from, from some type of visitation. So when you think about that now, you call the law and say, we got a bad driver on the road. Boy, I tell you, I don't think too many of us would be on the highway, would we? Because there's some things that go on, on the highway. I mean, he had been reported but still kept on doing what he was doing, and the police never showed up until the act, after the accident, and people were dead. Thirteen families, without their mom or without their dad, the sister or the brother. That's sad. Church people killed. Shouldn't have been. Should not have been. Should not have been. Should not have been. Oh, talking about the grave, the, the death is always looking for a body. And then it says, the barren womb, not being able to produce. We always want more. The earth that is not filled with water, and the fire that saith not, it is enough. You know, not have, nowadays, when they have fires, they have these raw fires, and when, the, when, the, when they begin to take, take hope, those things will burn up, I mean, acreages of, of land. Because they're very difficult to control. And here, the Bible speaks of it. The Bible speaks of it. Now, this is the last verse where we're going to. And, and understanding now, contaminations of the saints. We're living in that church age wherein people are lukewarm and they are not on fire for God. But God wants us to, to do preventive maintenance, to come out from among the world. Let's look at First Peter Chapter number 4, and this will be our last verse. 1 Peter, chapter number 4. 1 Peter, chapter number 4. 1 Peter, chapter number 4. If what's happening in, 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 in our world today doesn't scare us enough, then as saints of God, this verse right here should draw us closer to God. 1 Peter, chapter number 4, over there. It says this in verse number 17. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 17. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of who? House of God. Judgment is going to begin with the saints, with the Christians. It says the time has come that judgment must begin 
begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, talk about the judgment of God now, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? That's scary. With everything happening the way it is, I do not want to be outside of the will of God. Because if it's rough and judgment is going to start with the house of God, and he says, that's us, those that profess ourselves to be Christians, and I can't even imagine where they're ungodly going to be, those that do not obey God or the word of God, or the gospel of God. That's scary. In this day and time, it's not a good thing to not be saved. In this day and time, I say it again, it is not a good thing not to be saved. Because salvation is an umbrella from God that's protection. Okay? Now, look at verse number 18. Verse 18 says, And if the righteous scarcely be saved, that means we're going to barely make it. If the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? That's scary. If we don't barely make it in, what about those folks that's not saved? That's why we have a job to do as, as Christians, as saints. We have a job to do. The, the first thing is letting our light shine. In order for the light to shine, we cannot be contaminated. And we have to put on preventive measures. Because there's somebody out there in darkness, they're trying to get home. But the only light and only Christ some people will ever see, because they will never read the book, is the book that you and I carry. Jesus that's on the inside of us. We are to be read by all men. I wouldn't want to be unsaved in this day and time. I would not. So it's important that we, as the saints of God, we do what's necessary to live as close to God as we possibly can. Every day, every day, we need to seek God, seek God for his guidance, for his protection, and allow us to be a light to someone. Now, verse number 19 says this, Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of of their souls to him in what? Well doing as unto a faithful creator. So what does that mean? If you're suffering as a Christian, well, it's a hang in there. If you're going through because you're trying to live right, God said, hang in there. He said, don't give up. He said, do not give up in your well doing. He said, you're going to reap if you don't faint. So many Christians are fainting by the wayside. So many Christians are giving up. God said, no, no, no. It's, if you're suffering because you're a Christian, God said, that's a good thing. If you're suffering because you're living, trying to live a righteous life, he said, that's a good thing. Why? He suffered. He suffered. He suffered for you and I. It's okay to, to suffer for righteousness sake. Now, the Bible don't say suffer because of stuff that we didn't done, right? Amen. And now we got to make sure we get we put that correctly. But if you're taking a stand for Jesus, and you're suffering behind it, God said you're gonna be rewarded. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. He said I'm gonna reward you. He said you just keep on 
doing well. Because after a while, you're going to reap. On this side, there's some benefits that come with doing well. But on the other side, where our main focus is eternal life. And we're going to reap eternal life. But God is calling his people to come out of Babylon. That false religious worship. That system that tells you or tells us that we can do whatever we please and, and compromise and still make it in. No, that's not what the Word of God says. God is calling for His people to come out. Come out. Come out of the world. Don't live like the world. Be different. Be that light. He's calling for that. So if you notice, light shine. Light don't speak. We don't always have to say something. We just have to let our light shine. And by us letting our light shine, people that are lost, they will come in. We're living in a dangerous time. And it won't be long. Because time is drawing closer and closer. And we're going to begin to see some things. I wouldn't be surprised that we do not end up in World War III. I will not be surprise because we're heading that way we're heading that way and by chance think about this and if by chance Russia or North Korea has a missile that can reach America and it falls where we are will we be ready to go back with the master we're not above them dropping some type of nerve gas upon us. We're not above that. I'm going to tell you the reason why, and I, I shared this before. Tell you the reason why we're not above it. Where I worked before, some days, years back, I'm retired now. They gave us this little pill. We had to sign a paper saying that we wanted this pill. That if something was dropped into the atmosphere or released into the atmosphere, if we took that little pill, we would not be affected by it. So that let me know that they know more than what they are telling. And it was up to every individual whether or not they wanted that pill. And we had to keep those pills in a safe, locked up. So make sure we are ready. When I say ready, I'm not talking about with, with bullets and guns and you no. Know, ready to be with the Lord. That's, that's so important. We need to tell everybody that we can about the, the Christ that we, we, we serve. Because if we barely make it, I can't even imagine where the ungodly is going to show up at. Contamination. Saints. God says, come out of the world. Come out of the world. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Amen. Amen, 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 amen.